Welcome back to the Scarlet Fever, the Daily Nebraskans' own sports podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Meyer. Alongside with me is my co-host, Gavin Struve. And today, we are happy to be joined by Ben Dros, our women's basketball beat writer and now softball beat writer for the spring. Ben, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Glad to be back on here again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we'll just start it off talking about women's basketball, I think. The season just ended. They just lost in the women's NIT to Kansas to finish off the season. Um, it was, you know, your first time on an actual beat. How did that go for you? Um, what, what are some of the biggest takeaways from from your season? Um, I just want to first say that they were a super fun team to cover all year. And um, while there was a lot of high expectations to start the year and they didn't quite live up to them, it was still a super fun team to watch. There's a lot of talented players on the team. And while some of them won't be coming back and some are undecided, it's, I'm still excited for next year too if I get to be if I get put on the beat again. So it was just really fun to be on a beat for the first time, and it was a good learning experience too. Yeah, absolutely. That's all. That was that was our experience on our first times on a beat. Um, pretty pretty fun one. Usually Nebraska women's basketball is one of the better one of the better beats because you get to see some winning basketball. Uh, like you said, the expect didn't really live up to expectations this year. But as far as um, you know. Given the circumstances of all the injuries, uh, kind of what they did, and, and to at least make a little bit of a run in the postseason was impressive, to say the least. Um, do you have what's your biggest takeaway after this year, um, going into next year? Do you see this team being able to respond from kind of a down year based expectations and rebound into into twenty twenty four? The expectations for next off season are probably not going to be as high as they were coming into this season, just because of the some of the players that are going to be leaving, but I definitely think they're going to be, I mean, they're going to be just as good as I think they were this year. I, I definitely think that they can make the w, the WNIT or definitely try to get to the tournament. I mean, they definitely have the talent there. They just have to see if the players there that are going to be juniors next year can continue to take more steps and grow. Yeah, kind of putting you on the spot here, and it's been a long season, a lot's happened since then, but so you covered the first matchup with Kansas in December, I think, over winter break, and then the most recent one. Um, what do you remember, if anything, I guess, how were those games different, but more so um, what has struck you? What, did, what are some of the biggest takeaways um, in the time since since December? Yeah, I mean, there is a lot different between those two games. Just, I mean, how much time there were between the two, but also, I mean, the Huskers didn't have Sam Hybe in, the, in their last game. Like, she had a season-ending injury, and now she's going to be graduated. So that was a big loss. They didn't have their, like, secondary, second primary ball handler alongside Shelly. So that kind of hurt Nebraska there. I think if they would have had Hybe, it definitely would have been a little bit closer of a game. But um, And also, the first time they played Kansas, they had Widener for, like, two-thirds of that game. That was the game she got hurt. So, I mean, there's a lot of differences between those two games. Both teams grew, both Kansas and Nebraska. So, I mean... A lot different there, but, I mean, they're both really close games and fun games to watch, too. Yeah, so you, you talked about a little bit of the changing landscape around the team with the injuries. What did you see this season from the turn, from the ends of not having Hybe to start, losing Widener, getting Hybe back, and then losing her again? Um, what was the difference in the team based on not having Hybe in the lineup? Um, I know you said, like, the, the second ball handler besides Shelly, um, but did you see any other differences when she wasn't on the floor? Um, yeah, so when they had Weiner in the starting spot and it wasn't Hybe, I felt like the defense was definitely like pretty strong at the beginning of the year. 
And then when Widener went down, she's a very underrated defender. Mm-hmm. So, like, when then when Hybe first, like, was starting to come back, it took adjusting for the defense. I feel like that was kind of the main, cr- I kind of want to say crutch when Widener got hurt. And then when Hybe went hurt, w- then when Hybe went down, um, that was just a huge loss, I would say, on offense mostly just because it was kind of showy having to do a little bit too much. And then especially on that Kansas game, Markowski didn't have her best game. She only scored two points, I believe. So it was just tough for the offense against a Kansas team that was also ranked at the beginning of the year. So that's a good Kansas team, and they're definitely experienced. So it was a tough game, tough, just tough year with the, all the injuries that they went through. Yeah, it's interesting you note that um, the Hybe, or sorry, Markowski had a rough outing uh, in the final game, and it's tough for it to end on that note for her. Um, but yeah, it's something we had noted last week, I think, Joseph, was the matchup there of Kansas yeah. having, um, I think, a girl with three inches on Markowski. Um, so not, I guess, not a shock to see that. Um, but yeah, like you said, Ben, losing the offense there of Hybe. Um, with Widener already out, that kind of puts even more of the impetus on Jazz Shelley and um, I guess more on Kansas, their super talented team and not not the kind of team you want to be playing that late in the season when you're not at full strength. And I was pretty, I, w- I was relatively dialed in to the women's landscape this season, but I was pretty surprised to see Kansas left out of the tournament. Um, certainly they, you know, kind of slumped a bit toward the end, but um I guess by an all respectable loss for Nebraska, um, reasonable end of the season. Good to see them win a couple WNIT games. It'll be interesting moving forward to see how they operate without Hybe now for good uh, and without Izzy Bourne, who have been two of the program tent poles. Um, I guess what do you foresee, Ben, as being um, areas where Nebraska needs reinforcements in the roster, whether that be transfer portal incoming freshmen filling those gaps or um players on the roster stepping up yeah so i mean first talking about hybe i mean they're going to be hopefully getting widener back to start next year and she'll hopefully be at full strength so i mean i don't think that loss i mean it is a big loss but i mean widener is kind of already set up to take over that role and i think she's definitely capable of doing that but i mean the izzy born loss is going to be a big loss because the games where Markowski wasn't, like, she, Markowski had a lot of good games. But when Markowski wasn't firing on all cylinders, it was Izzy Bourne picking up a lot of that slack. It was They were a great post-duo tandem. So, I mean, that's going to be tough to fill. So, hopefully in the transfer portal, portal or, I mean, they have young post players not by Markowski on the roster right now with Annika Stewart. But she's more of kind of a perimeter player. And then they have Maggie Mendelson. But, again, she also plays volleyball for Nebraska, so she, they don't have her kind of full season um, for basketball. So they're definitely going to probably need reinforcements down, though, next to Markowski. Yeah, I'll take you a step back, a little, back, <clears throat> little step back in time here, um, back to the Big Ten tournament. That was kind of a – it was seemed like a play-in game or play-out game for Nebraska. And Michigan State ended up not even making the tournament. So even if Nebraska would have won that game, maybe they still wouldn't have made it. Um, what, what did you see in terms of that – that disappointing loss. Um, it was it was a game they could have won and didn't. Was there something that that you felt like they could have done better to uh, ultimately take over Michigan State there? It just always felt like in that game, and this is what Nebraska. This is kind of a common thread throughout the season where 
they like they just fall apart in the first quarter, and then they were always having to claw their way back. And then they get right there, and then Michigan State would go on another run. And then it's, it just felt like the entire game, they are always trying to claw their way back. And credit to Nebraska for doing that. They had a chance to send it to overtime um, with Shelley's three, and then uh, Maddie Kroll had a really good three-point shot from the elbow, and she just barely missed that one. So, I mean, it easily could have went to overtime. Could have went That game could have went either way, but – it was just tough for Nebraska in that game that they were just constantly having to try to fight their way back. Yeah, absolutely. It was nice, though. I, I think the unintended consequence of losing that game was then they got to host two games at PBA, which I think is – I really like that um, atmosphere to be able to host an actual postseason game at home. It's something you don't really see in kind of these bigger sports and obviously with men's basketball and the actual tournament um, or, you know, football or that kind of thing. What, what do you see? I know you got to go to a lot of games at PBA this year, and I don't, I don't know how much experience you've had prior to this year, but um, how does this team play off the crowd? Because Nebraska does have one of the best women's basketball crowds in the country, um, as, as you know. So um, how, do you, how do you anticipate the you know, loss of some of these stars impacting how they react to the fans? A lot of new, lot of new players are going to have to step up. Um, do you think the pressure of playing in front of a crowd will impact them at all? Um, I, I think that this is a very confident team, and Coach Amy Williams does a really good job um, instilling that confidence in her players. So I think Nebraska is a team that's always going to be ready to step up to the challenge. I don't think they're ever going to be afraid to play in front of a rowdy home crowd. I mean, against Iowa, when they played Iowa at home, that was a sold-out arena. And while Nebraska did lose that game, you could just tell that when Nebraska would start to make a run and the crowd would get behind them and get energized, like it kind of lifted them up. And then when Nebraska was, wasn't playing as good and the crowd wasn't as in it, I mean, they were still in there fighting, trying to get back into that game. So, I'm, I mean, the crowd definitely can – I mean, that can go either way for a team, but I think they definitely do a good job of feeding off of the crowd. Do you have a favorite game, favorite moment from the season, from your first women's basketball season you would like to share with us? I would say that – one of my favorite moments is, I mean, it was when I was watching an away game when Nebraska beat number 11 Maryland at the time. That was a huge, that was a huge win for Nebraska. It was number 20 Maryland, excuse me, at the time. That was a huge win for Nebraska to go to Maryland and pick up their first ranked win of the season. That kind of just instilled confidence, and they went on a huge winning streak after that until Weiner got hurt and that kind of unsettled things. But that was a big win, and that was just a really fun game to watch as that was the first time Nebraska had ever beat Maryland. Yeah, that was, that was a really impressive result. I saw that. I was like, wow, that that is crazy, especially given all the injuries and what they were going through at the time. Um, you got anything else to wrap up from the women's basketball, or should we move into softball now? I think we can move into softball. All right, so your second beat as a daily Nebraskan beat writer is, gonna, is softball. I was going to say it's going to be softball. You're well underway on that. Um, how's the season been so far? Obviously, tell us a little bit about the differences of the two and what have you seen from Nebraska softball so far this season? Yeah, so, I mean, they have been well into their season. They've already played 33 games. And, I mean, but just this last weekend, I was able to watch the first home games this mm-hmm. season because their first 30 games were all away. So this is kind of the first time I got to see them in person live. But, I mean, they have done really good with I think the tough schedule that they've gotten so far they've had to play 10 ranked teams I mean mean, they've had to play a whole lot of ranked teams so far 
in the at the beginning of the season. So and while they haven't gotten a lot of the wins in those, I mean they've only picked up one ranked win so far this season against Arizona. Um, they've been doing really good against the non-ranked teams too. They've been just really consistent team, and they were able to sweep the season series of Purdue, and that was really big confidence boost for them to be able to going into conference play now that they're playing Iowa and they're going to be playing Michigan. Yeah, so I kind of think it's funny that relative similarities between, um, you know, this team and the women's basketball team going into the season where both made the NCAA tournament last year kind of as a mild surprise. Um, both have fared better than their men's counterparts the last couple <laughs> of years. Uh, and so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if this team is able to stay on that path. Uh, Ronda Ravel, I think, was kind of on the hot seat last year around this time and was able to save her job with, you know, that tournament berth. And it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, I'll cue you up in a second here, but it seems like they're kind of on their way to another berth, uh, another trip to the NCAA softball tournament in a couple months' time. Seems like it was wise to schedule those difficult non-conference games. They didn't win a ton, but they got a handful of victories over power conference teams. Definitely helped strength schedule, which I know is relatively big factor in getting into the postseason, um, specifically in softball and baseball. So I guess what I'm asking Ben is, how have you seen, you know, that daunting schedule they began on four top five, four top ten teams in their first in their second tournament? How have you seen that prepare them for where they are now, uh, performing relatively well in Big Ten play and as of right now, 23-10 and 10 overall. Yeah, I mean, those tough games always help you down the line. And while they, yeah, like you said, they didn't pick up a lot of wins, they just only got one ranked win so far, I mean, that one ranked win still was what they showed that they can do. And this team definitely has the talent to compete in their conference play. And I just think the ranked wins just – is going to make them battle-tested as they go through this tough conference. Yeah, Big Ten play last year for Nebraska was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I was on the beat last year, um, so super excited for you to be able to experience Big Ten softball in, in, in a true fashion. Just absolute tear through the Big Ten all the way to a Big Ten championship. Um, so I, I think they have a great chance to do the same this year. A great start with Purdue already. Um, fell to Iowa today. They're currently in another game with Iowa. So Hawkeyes have had, have had a little bit of a issue with Nebraska lately. So maybe they're maybe they're coming back with, for revenge in softball. But um, in terms of just the way that this team plays together, um, talk about how you know Courtney Wallace comes back this year. Uh, it was up to up in the air if she was going to comes back this year. Talk about how her leadership as one of the veteran players um, has really spelled this team forward this year so far. Yeah, so Courtney Wallace is such a talented player, both on and off the both on and off the field. And I can just tell it when I can just feel it when I ask player like her teammates about her play and what she means to this team. They all show the same appreciation for her and how vital she is. She gives them so much confidence when they can play behind her and they say how easy it is to play with her. And then when I get to talk to her, she just has so much confidence. And when she does have a rough game, like that first game against Purdue wasn't her best, and she admitted that. She just said that she wanted to shrug it off and just go to the next game and put up zeros. And 
she almost did that. They had a home, pretty loud home run at the end of the game on Saturday. But you can just tell that she has just a level of confidence that just raises this team's ceiling. Yeah, it's funny. You kind of mentioned uh, right before we started recording that you thought it was interesting that they played her in three games, I think you said, started two, played three this weekend. Obviously, Wallace is a really big part of what they do. Senior, she's been... I would say the top pitcher there for a while. And it's kind of interesting that, you know, they're almost like top heavy in the bullpen um, in a similar way to the men's baseball team with um, Olsen and um, someone else I'm blanking on their name. But I don't know. That'll be, that'll be interesting to monitor as we move deeper into the season, uh, into the postseason. I'm not saying they don't have anyone capable on the women's side, um, on the mound, but is that a concern to you? Have you, what have you seen from the rest of the pitching side from the games you've covered? Yeah. So, I mean, the main two pitchers on this team are definitely, uh, Courtney Wallace and Sarah Harness. Those are going to be the two that are going to be starting and getting most of the reps on the mound. And I think that, I mean, that might be a concern as they get really deep into the season, but I, they're both, very capable pitchers and they know they can do it and the coaches just have to make sure to monitor how they're doing and make sure to not overload them and I think they both have enough talent to be able to do it yeah I think I think what Harness has done is actually pretty impressive Olivia Farrell five-year starter um, incredible pitcher kind of the two senior uh, the duo of two seniors on the in the circle last year Farrell moves on, Wallace stays, Harness has stepped up into that spot. And actually, Kinney, Kaylin Kinney has pitched less so far this year than she than I saw her pitch last year up to this point. Um, so I guess maybe Ravel's sticking with more of the two-headed approach. Um, but I think, you know, Sarah, Harness is 8-3 and three right now. Wallace is 14-6. and six. I think the two of them could play off of each other pretty well. I would, you know, I think for Wallace – there have been those times, like you said, where she you know struggles through a game, but her her ability to forget about the past and move on really impressive to me. There, there were multiple times last season too where it was every time she got out there, it, it, you know if she struggled, it was going to be she rebounded back from that, and I think that's what she saw this year. She was a little bit disappointed how the end the season ended last year with the loss in the NCAA tournament comes back, and she's been on a tear so far. So. Uh, really impressive stuff from her. 3.17 ERA so far. What are you looking forward to um, for this team as they're continuing to develop through this season? Um, is there anyone that you're looking specifically at on the roster that you think can make a big step as they get into Big Ten play here? Yeah, so I mean, Sarah Harness is going to be a big name to watch on the mound just because she definitely has the talent and they're going to need her to be that kind of the second, the A to Corny Wallace, the B to Courtney Wallace's A to kind of be that one-two punch for Nebraska on the mound. But um, talking about the rest of the roster, I mean, Billy Andrews, who's been leading off for Nebraska, had a really strong start to the season, but not as strong in Big Ten play so far. Um, she got walked a lot, though. Her on-base percentage has been really good, but she started the year off with 10 home runs, and she hasn't been as effective these last few games, but she definitely has the talent to help Nebraska's offense. So that's kind of my first name that pops up. But the second one is Brooke Andrews. The other Andrews mm-hmm. on the team is she's been on a tear. She's been on a tear lately. So she just hit another home run against Iowa in the in the first game of the doubleheader. So um, 
those are the two names on the roster. Yeah, I'm I want to get at. your thoughts on that because I think Brooke Andrews, to see the development so far this year, she's leading the team with RBI in RBI, um, kind of always in the shadow of her her sister, um, didn't play in every game last year. She's took a ma- major step up this so far this season. So I've been really impressed with what she's done. Anything else that you have for us to add uh, for softball, Ben? Any other storylines that you're looking at as we head into the rest of the season here? I wouldn't say any specific storylines, but I'm just super excited to see this team play um, in Big Ten Conference play all the way till May. So we got a lot of softball coming up, and I'm excited to be covering a lot of those games. Yeah, we'll see if they can pull off the kind of run they had last season. That'll That'll be a tough road, but they definitely still have the talent to do so. Thank you so much for coming on today, Ben. We appreciate all the work you've been doing for women's basketball and softball. We're excited for you to finish up this year here strong as softball uh, you know, could possibly make a run to the Big Ten tournament and beyond. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for listening as well. We will be back next week to talk more spring sports as Big Ten play gets underway. Thank you so much for listening.